0: this is angie and welcome to my podcast called be honest though i have a special guest in the building hey emerald marie what's going didn't on i think i was gonna introduce you like that <laughs> <laughs> how you doing I'm
1: well. i'm really excited to be on your podcast i'm Emma. excited to have you on. i love it I, I love watching it grow
0: so things, hopefully you just blow up yes let's it will. see speak life yeah we got to speak life into existence. We're going to talk about all that, too. We're going to talk about all that. But the question I like to ask on my podcast is, how's your mental health today? Oh, I love that question. It's it's really well, actually. I got to decompress
1: this weekend. It was my birthday on Friday.
0: Yeah, happy belated birthday. Thank you so much.
1: So I got to go away, and it was paradise. We went to Hawaii. So mm. I think that uh, there's been a lot going on, you know, everyone not being able to travel with yeah. the pandemic. So this was a first trip that could really leave, go really, really far and and just sit on a beach. So I'm good. I'm in a good,
0: calm, relaxed space. space right now. Good. Did you have any, um, resolutions that you completed before this birthday? Um, not really more so goals that I set stepping into a
1: new year. Okay. Um, I would say this, the last year has been a lot of just unpredictable events and mm-hmm. a lot of big ch- life changes for me. Mm-hmm. So I told myself entering year 27, chapter 27, that I would be a little bit more um, intentional, more disciplined with some mm-hmm. goals that I've been, you know. Okay
0: lingering procrastinating a little bit yeah okay so we're gonna talk about your journey so one thing i admire about you is your branding because you're good at branding yourself Thank you so much so i want to know about your journey and how you learned how to do that what actually what you're into Mm -hmm. um your journey to branding yourself networking and everything like that so the first question i have for you is tell people what you do what do you do what does emerald do so I, I do a lot of things, and I know
1: everyone says they're multifaceted, but I really feel like I am. Um, so I'm an entertainment news reporter. I do commercial and print modeling. Um, and just anything with the media space, whether that be podcast, TV hosts, on-air talent, mm-hmm. that's, that's all that I do. Um, I began my journey about two, three, ooh, I want to say almost three years ago now, mm-hmm. um, when I left college, and I started to just really hustle New York, do um interviews Mm -hmm. just really i went to from fashion week to um red carpets and just i i don't know i was just submitting to so many things and i started to move really quickly um and so yeah that's that's what i do so do you have a degree in communications i don't oh okay
0: i don't yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and it's it's interesting my journey is, is interesting because i was a Division One athlete, track and field. Um, I was on my way to law school. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated, I was actually studying for my LSAT to enter law school. Oh. And like, I was really, that was, if you met me senior year, it was like, I'm gonna be a lawyer, I'm gonna be a lawyer. But mm-hmm. in the back of my head, I knew that all throughout college, I had been, you know, starting with music videos and I started going from being the model on set and that wasn't really fulfilling me. I, I was just okay. like, this isn't, you know, I wasn't trying to be a video vixen, right? Mm-hmm. But I felt like I loved being in front of the camera and the art of it. Mm-hmm. And I actually, at one music video for um, Tate Kobangs, uh, oh, we were mm. we were filming and we wrapped up the video and I was kind of like the only model that was like, can we like change this scene to this scene? And I rewrote mm-hmm. the treatment. Mm-hmm. So the producers are like, "Oh, like what you came up with was a whole different, better ending than we had planned. Yeah. So that's when I started to realize I had an eye for not just in front of the camera, but the treatments behind it. Mm-hmm. So I still have to say that my career progressed into wanting to be involved with media in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, and so I really, I'm really, i really self-taught with journalism and everything. So um, what was
0: your first journalist? like? So when
1: I got back to New York, mm-hmm. I got signed to a small agency for modeling. And again, similar to the video stuff, it just wasn't fulfilling me. Okay. And I wanted to do something where your career wasn't predicated off of looks. It's like you're standing in line mm-hmm. and they pick you and your looks not in right now and your yeah. size. And so I was sitting one day and I was just like, journalism would be so dope because I can speak my mind and kind of give it my own twist to in my interviews. Mm-hmm. And so my first actual opportunity, which I really provided for myself was fashion week. Oh, okay. So I went out there with a friend, um, recorded myself, stood next to the door with all the celebrities coming out. And I just started off with three questions. Everyone that came out, I just started interviewing. I was out there for like three days interviewing Mm. everyone. And because there was so much press going around, I don't even know what made me think of this. But when I look back, I'm like, wow, that was really smart to go there. Because when you're walking out of Fashion Week, everyone wants to talk about their outfits. Yeah. Everyone is friendly enough to be interviewed because they love the attention. Mm -hmm. So I was asking outfit and fashion related questions in the midst of reporters outside. And so mm. that one incident I had so many videos of just all these chopped up interviews mm-hmm. and I started to submit them and get more and more.
0: Oh okay. Okay, so what was your first big um journalist um job that carpet? you ever did? Ooh. Um my first big carpet I want to
1: say oh um 2018 um NWA ooh I'm in my mind <laughs> it was the image awards okay in LA that was my first big one mm-hmm. and that that was the first televised one that was the first one that I was in front of I just that was the first time in LA um and that was a moment that was just crazy really <laughs> I remember you just that just fell in love with the- yeah that was when I was I felt like a little kid on the carpet all the paparazzi and the cameras and I was meeting all my idols Terrence J and Um, Holly, everyone walked by and I remember being like, wow, like this, Mm. this is the big leagues. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that was my first big carpet. So how do you prepare for something like that? So carpets are very, so carpets are hard to prepare for and carpets are are really intense. Um, A lot of journalists actually don't like them. They like Mm -hmm. more controlled environments where you can sit kind of like we are and sit and prepare your questions. So to prepare for it, I always focus on the event at hand. So like when I started doing things for Netflix, Mm -hmm. where it was a movie premiere, easy. Do the movie premiere, you sit down, you're studying the characters, the film, how it correlates to the character, you know, whatever. But for carpets, like the BET Awards, the Grammys, you have to pull questions. You know, you don't want to ask, you don't want to ask the same thing um, that everyone else is asking. And with such a broad award show, Mm -hmm. you have to be kind of creative and, you know, it's it's hectic and it's busy. So I would say just to prepare, um, focus on why you're there, but then try to find little, you know, things that you can be creative and ask questions that will actually really engage the person mm-hmm. and that focuses on the night. For that that carpet that I did, the Image Awards, it was actually on the anniversary of Martin Luther King. Uh, I think it was the 50th award show, and it was on anniversary of some type of black... Um, anniversary of i think martin luther king's birthday so we were able to tie questions and what this means for the black community like we were able to find ways to
0: make it you know um to just prepare yeah so how do you feel about i know there's this thing with black journalists like celebrities not stopping for black journalists Mm -hmm. not giving the same time as journalists of other yeah um how can i say other I guess outlets yeah right so have you experienced something like that and and what like how do you even navigate through something like that
1: yeah so I definitely did experience that I experienced it a lot of times Mm -hmm. um and that's what really I'm most known for is the moment that I had on the carpet with Holly Berry and so I did notice when I first started doing news reporting On the carpets, I kept trying to justify the fact that I was new. Mm -hmm. I was working with smaller outlets. As I Mm -hmm. began to grow and I started getting booked by larger outlets, and Mm -hmm. also I had other friends that were with, you know, just bigger outlets such as Essence, BT, Sheen Magazine, Hollywood Mm Unlocked, whose numbers are greater than a lot of other, um, you know, outlets. And I want to say that a lot of people say, a lot of people in this industry um, correlate white outlets to mainstream yeah and small outlets to black outlets and Mm -hmm. i hate that because there are mainstream black outlets that's not Mm -hmm. the same thing so Mm -hmm. when the situation that happened with me though was i was on the red carpet for john wick three holly berry walked by and it was wild because there was only two black outlets on the carpet myself and lamar dawson Mm -hmm. from an outlet that he was with and we had just joked about the fact that we get skipped. We literally just made a joke about it. That was the crazy part. Because I was like, man, if they skip us, we're just going to start screaming, like, just yell something to get their attention. And yeah. it happened, like, right in front of our eyes. So it definitely happens. They put a lot of black outlets um, at the end. And Holly Berry walked by. And Lamar and I got her attention. And she ended up turning back around and, and verbally said, why are we skipping a brother and a sister? Mm. And that was just a moment. Oh, so that
0: was you, that viral clip. Me. That's crazy. Yeah, that <laughs> that's crazy. I remember that clip. Yeah, yeah, and so
1: um, that start that sparked just a whole conversation, and I want to say it sparked the conversation. Definitely added to a already existing conversation. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely happens, and it's something that we need black talent to be more just cognizant of it. And I think yeah. that viral moment. I remember I got so many DMs. Shout out to Little Rowe, hit me up, and like. Mm-hmm. Tasha, um Smith, you know, called mm-hmm. me and was like, if I ever see you on the carpet, I'll stop. And, you know, our publicists just tell us to, we, we follow their lead. And even mm-hmm. to Holly, and I love her, you know, I told her, like, listen, the reason why your team didn't feel like they needed to stop for Black Outlets is because look at your team, Holly. No one on your team looks like you. Oh, wow. And she, wow. and listen, for me to say that, Ooh. Yeah. To her, I was, wow. you know, and she said to me, "I respect." She literally said, "I respect you for even being like fearless enough to say that yeah. to me." Because she knew, like, girl, you said it to me, and yeah. I was like, and I was like, yeah, but like, <laughs> someone had to tell you yeah. that these white women don't think that your culture matters, yeah, because you would never see J Lo on a red carpet skip a, a, a Spanish exactly. outlet when it happened.
0: Exactly. So why
1: do black talent think that we?
0: when you know we're Mm -hmm. not important enough for you to stop and and speak to so wow wow so are you still in contact with the other guy that you were on the? um yeah yeah we speak
1: here and there just through social media um and uh, i gained a lot of other relationships from that moment and holly berry and i at one point we were speaking like every week um we speak i would say now probably like a few times a month we touch base Mm -hmm. but yeah okay that's cool so what
0: opportunities came from that
1: Ooh, so after that, um, it was crazy. <laughs> a lot of things were happening fast. Um, I was getting asked to speak at speaking engagements, oh, wow. asked to speak to the youth about um, just speaking up for yourself because mm-hmm. a lot of people were calling me brave. And at that moment, I was like, for what? Like I just told my story what happened. Yeah. But I didn't realize that part of the reason why I felt emboldened to speak on it was because I was a freelancer. Mm-hmm. So there's this fear in this industry of getting blackballed that I didn't, It did cross my mind, but I was like, man, like I'm not on anybody's payroll right now. I'm gig by gig, so whatever. Uh, So, a lot of other reporters came out, and um, I was getting just speaking opportunities and and more carpets at the time. And Mm -hmm. a lot of black outlets felt just supported me. And um, it just, it really, the biggest thing that it really did for me, too, was change. My relationships, I gained a lot of genuine, authentic relationships in the industry. Mm. Um, You know, Michael Blackson, I met him through this whole ordeal, which is so random, but we became very close friends. Mm -hmm. Um, Basket mouth, a huge Nigerian um, comedian. I just met so many
0: great people through this, you know, through this moment. So, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So do you feel like did that instance incident actually hinder some things with other outlets that not um, black owned or it
1: actually really didn't and i think okay. the reason it didn't is because actually some of the uh what was the outlet that had me come on um access hollywood mm-hmm. shout out to them they had me come on and speak about the incident a lot of outlets uh were supportive of it and i think because my video and if you guys are you know whoever's listening you can check it on youtube it's just literally type in emerald marie and Um, John Wick 3 or Halle Berry and the video was very honest and very raw emotion of my frustration with not just being a black woman in a white space like carpet Mm -hmm. but I there was a moment in the video I literally said like to all my black people no matter in whatever space you're in like Mm -hmm. speak up for yourself be bold so I think Mm -hmm. even white outlets were like you know supportive of I wasn't bashing anyone I was just more so talking to the black talent and be like, listen, this is what it is. And so I think in light of two, with all this talk of diversity and all of these, um, just this racial uproar that we had, Mm -hmm. I don't think any outlet, like if you were
0: to uh, retaliate or fill away, it would be crazy for you too. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember all that outroar on Twitter, like being on Twitter and having everybody just discuss, why is it that black, own things are black, um, publishing is just like diminished, just like in the eyes of this movie world and this entertainment world is just like a little pee in, yeah. in this viver. <laughs> and it's you know? it's wild that you say that. And and
1: <laughs> I remember one thing I remember about that carpet too was mm-hmm. I remember when when Holly stepped on the carpet, the way the paparazzi and people just flew to her, it's so interesting how. This is because one of one of the things that she said to me was the reason I stopped for you or I turned around was I seen you and you look like me like I seen someone mm-hmm. that looks like me and I couldn't skip you. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating because they all love our culture, you know, and <laughs> they love our culture. And Speak I wish on it. I wish people loved us like they love like, our culture. Exactly. And, and it's funny because when I went on an outlet and it was televised and they interviewed me about the incident. And I won't say the outlet because they cut off my clip of a quote that I said. But well, I'm going to say it here because I know mm. you won't cut it out. <laughs> uh, but when I was on there, um, there was a quote that I said. And it was just like, you can't love our rhythm and hate our blues. Mm. And they cut mm. that out. And I was like, you know, it was funny to me because, you know, it's it's so real. Like you mm. love our culture, but a lot of people, they don't really like black like yeah. people. And so that's how I feel with these movie premieres and these movies because Nine times out of ten, just like in sports, it's black athletes, it's black artists. You know, we give the sauce to
0: everything and we don't get the opportunity to tell our people's stories, Mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah, that's insane. Mm -hmm. So did you feel any amount of pressure from that video just to feel like you always need to be the one to speak out? Absolutely. Mm. And I
1: felt like I wasn't trying to become... And I don't want to sound hypocritical, but I wasn't trying to become the Angela Davis of media. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't I will always speak my truth and and speak on I've had very I've, I've had many um just I've experienced microaggressions and racism and things, you know, growing up in white schools and and white teams and everything. So I'll always tell my story, but I also didn't want my career focused to be on being the one to speak out on everything mm-hmm. and it distract you from like focusing on me as talent and mm. me as a reporter and as an interviewer, you know? Yeah. And Mike Mike Hill, who is a um a reporter on Fox Soul, that was the first thing he said to me because Fox Soul interviewed me and he was like, he called me separately and was like, listen, I love what you're doing, sis, but this industry is, you know, he was just gave me like a real talk and he was like, mm-hmm. don't spend so much time focusing on this situation. It happened. Mm. It was, it was powerful. But now take it and dive into your art. Show them why they needed yeah. to stop for you. Yeah, And um, that was a piece of advice that I loved. And unfortunately, with the pandemic and things that have been happening, mm-hmm. I haven't been on carpets like that. Obviously, there hasn't been yeah. any. Yeah. So it's been a weird year for me trying to navigate my next move. But yeah. I won't forget what he said of like, make sure that don't don't you don't have to be the radical, mm-hmm. you know, like you sparked a conversation. It's, you know, keep keep going and, and don't don't be shy about it but also focus on the the talent and the
0: art Mm -hmm. so mentioning COVID how did you maneuver through that because I know everything was shut down I know even actors and artists were weren't even doing anything so what did you do to maneuver just to keep your name out there so um
1: I mean COVID yeah it was hard and it's still happening right but I think there was definitely an increase of the online like Zoom interviews and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to be completely transparent, I, in general, have been kind of taking a step back from interviews and interviewing and been more focused on since I moved to L.A. Um, a few months ago on talent and um, I signed up for Richard Lawson's acting school and oh, okay. I've been kind of making that transition. Two people that I always talk about, and they're probably tired of hearing me say this all the time, if they hear it, is Terrence J. and Lala Anthony. Mm-hmm. And they're two people that I've seen turn entertainment news reporting into acting and other things. So that's kind of my goal right now. So I'm not truly a fan of the interviews online with the zoom stuff Mm -hmm. with, you know, um, just carpets and everything. Um, but I've spent a lot of time in the pandemic kind of, um, redirecting my career and Mm -hmm. figuring out really what I want to do next. Um, as the carpets are opening up now, I will be back on some carpets, but I'm not going to be, like before, before I was in carpets a lot, like so, so much. But now I really want to focus on on air talent in other ways.
0: Okay, so what does transitioning into acting mm-hmm. look like? It's it's been
1: pretty amazing, um, actually. And you know, acting is something that I, I always wanted to do. And I know in, in the beginning of the podcast, you were ask, act, asking, ooh, I can't talk, <laughs> asking about branding. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started doing interviews and I started interviewing some of the actresses and actors that's when it really became more real to me Mm -hmm. and so that transition has been pretty seamless because one my relationships definitely increased Mm -hmm. um i mean i interviewed one weekend i was with spike lee from friday to sunday Mm -hmm. literally from dinner then we did a luncheon the next day for his movie then we did the carpet then the after party Mm -hmm. and so even to sit there with spike for three days an icon director and talked about all these things definitely encouraged me with acting. Mm -hmm. So with being able to sit down and study characters and interview people, Mm -hmm. I, it became more real to me. Mm -hmm. And I had moments on the carpets where sometimes, you know, when we look at TV and we look and we see these people, we think that they're like, so just far and it's so it's Mm -hmm. far fetched. But with interviewing and it's, they become tangible. They're in front of you and you're like, Oh, like, not that it's like, I'm not trying to say it's easy. Like, oh, I can do mm-hmm. this. But you're you're seeing these real life you can examples. See and you're like, As... oh, I can see, you know? yeah. So it gave mm-hmm. me courage. So that transition right now has been pretty cool. And uh, when I started acting one-on-ones with one of my acting coaches, I didn't realize how much acting was like therapy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever taken an acting class. No. Child. I took an acting, no. my first one-on-one session, mm-hmm. I left bawling crying. Really? Bawling. What was
0: that session like? Like what? Why was I crying? Yes.
1: <laughs> I left crying because acting makes you reach a certain level of vulnerability that like mm-hmm. you just didn't know. You mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it she had me kind of like meditate and dig deep and think of think of a time she would be like think of a time you were scared. And then like mm-hmm. she wouldn't be just like give you 30 seconds to be like, okay, next question. She was like, how do they make you feel? And what do they do? do you, and she would be like, don't, don't even speak the whole time. I don't even think I spoke that first wow. acting course. It was, you're going to challenge your emotions mm-hmm. and think of times where you can bring that out. And I'm like sitting here thinking about when I was depressed, sad, mad, angry, and mm-hmm. love. Like it was like all of these things. And then I read my monologue. Yeah. So it was like really therapeutic that because wasn't
0: overwhelming though at first. Oh, it was. Yeah. My definitely.
1: first session, I was like, Well, I need a week or two before yeah. I come back. Wow. So a lot that's why a lot of actors they really dive into their characters. And mm-hmm. some of them do really dive in and it it becomes a they almost can't. Um I, I've heard certain people like uh Tommy from um power, mm-hmm. he was I remember seeing an interview and he was saying his wife had to tell him to like turn it off. Like you oh, need wow. to chill because he was taking it home. Yeah. And he was getting he was speaking to her crazy like Tommy because yeah. you become these characters. Wow. So
0: acting's intense, like mm-hmm. for for sure. That's crazy. What's the bigger picture with um acting? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna stay that way? Do you wanna direct? Like Um, yeah. honestly, the way my career has been, <laughs> it mm-hmm. went from like commercial and print to
1: videos to media. I don't who knows. I'm mm-hmm. open for anything. I do know that while I'm in this age of my life where I'm You know, I'm I'm single. I don't have um, kids, and I'm not stationed in one spot. I kind of I have this energy. I feel like this would be the time to explore all of those like talent Mm -hmm. side of things. And then I think with age and experience, directing and producing and and behind the scenes stuff will probably come later. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what Holly Berry did. Like she acted for so long. Now she's directing, and as she always Mm -hmm. says, like the experience I got as an actress. I feel like I can really make a film because I've I've lived it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, who knows what the future looks like? But I know that I'm I'm in LA now, and there's so many more opportunities that were, that are here. You know, mm-hmm. instead of being from you know New York.
0: So um, yeah. the opportunities are endless. Yeah. So what does that work in like? Acting balance or just your side hustle balance look like for you? Because I know, because yeah. you're still working, yeah. so I know it's a lot. Because this business is like a twenty four hour thing, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, you still got to sustain your life too.
1: That's the hardest, hardest balance. Um, in the beginning, it was, it was, I don't want to say it was. So in the beginning, it was easy because I wasn't getting as much work mm-hmm. with, you know, everything else I was doing outside of work. Um, I, do, I do know that being a collegiate athlete made me handle learn how to handle a rigorous schedule because I had early morning workouts and lift and class and bartending, mm-hmm. right. So I, I try to use that same approach with this. Mm-hmm. But it is hard and, and the most it's more of a mental game too, because yeah. I reached a point where it's like half my friends are full time industry. Mm-hmm. right as as my relationships build i have a lot of friends that are full-time actors and directors mm-hmm. so they'll be like oh come out tonight this is the grammy after party this is this and i'm like i have my corporate job tomorrow at mm-hmm. 8:30." yeah and then you kind of you feel like you're living double lives mm-hmm. because you're working nine to five and then when you get off you're like i mean there was times i was at work typing my questions for a carpet mm-hmm. and i had to leave early and rush there and i remember i, I changed. In like the bathroom of the train, mm-hmm. that carpet I have, Holly Berry, I remember that day so clear because I had work mm-hmm. and I had to get out of work and I was typing my questions to ask her. Yeah. And I did my makeup on the train and I wow. changed in the train bathroom. And then I had a backpack and I ran on the carpet. Mm-hmm. So I just remember those days of like round the clock. And then when I got home, I had to edit. I had to work in the morning, mm-hmm. but I had to push it out for the editor in L.A. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a hard balance and you it's not a lot of sleep and it, you're sacrificing certain things like hanging out oh, yeah. with your friends and, and certain stuff. But it's, you know, one one day it will be full time mm-hmm. and it will grow. But it's definitely hard when, um, like I said, half your friends don't understand that side of it. And then your yeah. friends that are full time are like,
0: oh, you work tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... What advice would you have to somebody who's trying to balance that out? Because I can see somebody break it down. <laughs> yeah. And and I lot. would
1: I would be lying to you if I said you won it. There's times I've cried and I've been like, man, I'm not doing this anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think, um, but then there's times where I'm like, I came so far. And mm-hmm. for, especially what happened with me with that situation, just made me feel like I have more of a purpose in yeah. the industry to mm-hmm. be a light and to be vocal but um my advice would just to be to just really prioritize your time um and I remember uh, a piece of advice that someone gave me when I was younger when I was when I had told one of uh, my family members I wanted to be a collegiate athlete and I remember he was like listen if you want to be a collegiate athlete he told me the percentage of people that actually become d1 right Mm -hmm. and he was like you can't eat what everyone else eats you can't think the way everyone else thinks you can't drink the way people drink and yeah. so I think just setting yourself apart and making sure that you prioritize your goal mm-hmm. your piece and there's going to be certain sacrifices like if you need to bring lunch every day to work because you can't do the happy hour thing every day because yeah. you need to buy some mics mm-hmm. or you need to buy you know with my career the carpets were getting so much where I was funding I had to go get my makeup done and buy a new dress Yeah, that money at the in the beginning I wasn't getting paid mm-hmm. and so I had to finance myself Mm-hmm. And finance myself to get to LA to do a carpet. So I just would say to pick and choose, you know, what you choose to spend money on, your time on, yeah. um, and prioritize yourself, make short term goals and mm. long term goals. Um, and yeah, I would I would just say, you know, try to stay focused and mm-hmm. you know.
0: Now, is working for free something that can benefit you or not? Because I have a lot of people who are in the industry that's mm-hmm. like I'm not working for free, especially on social media, because not that it's easy to make money, but people don't want to get paid with exposure. You know what I'm saying? So can you explain, like, what is the benefit of working for free or if it is a benefit?
1: So I love that question because I have uh, this is it's just a great question. Mm -hmm. So I think right now there are a lot of people on social media preaching entrepreneurship, preaching pay me my coins and I'm not going to do this job. Mm. And there's some people who I think that could really talk their ish and say that. And the other people I'm like, but you, you just mm. started like, you know? And yeah. so not to sound like I'm not an old head cause I'm, I'm definitely part of this generation. But when I hear these old heads on the radio and they're talking about their journey and I drove, um, Karen, Carrie champion, I love her. She was telling me how she drove or telling, um, the breakfast club, how she drove from like, la to Virginia for a job opportunity that mm. that paid like pennies but she did it because she loved reporting and yeah. now look at her on ESPN for her own mm-hmm. you know I think that with working for free you have to be honest with yourself you know mm. be honest though okay
0: yeah
1: <laughs> be honest with yourself and think about where you're at and knowing your worth because I know this is a conversation all the time of yeah know your worth you know to get your coins I get that but mm-hmm. there are sometimes there are opportunities that are are that are worth way more than money, mm. and so I think people have to be more cognizant of of the opportunity. And mm-hmm. I personally, this is what I do, and I think I think you know you guys should definitely take this, make your own um, structure of how you receive payment. Mm-hmm. So for me, there's three ways that I consider how I receive payment for something. So if I get offered a gig or a job, I get emailed something. I break it down into three categories: one is just monetary, this is something that can pay my bills this is they're gonna give me money. Mm-hmm. two, this is an opportunity um and what I mean by that is just to give an example, I wasn't really skilled in um teleprompter reads, okay, so I remember I got an opportunity to work with um a podcast and a show rather, and they worked with uh they had a big production with pot with teleprompters, mm-hmm. so I could easily said. You guys can charge me to do this but they just had so many not just that example they had so many things i wanted to learn mm-hmm. and professionals there that i was like you know what this is this is this is experience yeah opportunity right so i would say my mon- um monetary experience opportunity and um exposure mm. so okay i'm gonna do this for free but this has 10 million people watching Mm. right so this may help me so i personally break down things in those three categories mm-hmm. where i'll determine if this job or this opportunity this event mm-hmm. is going to cater to one of those and i can pick and choose but that's how i operate mm-hmm. there's times where people my friends have told me i should have charged for something mm-hmm. and there's times i'm like no because there's times also where in the beginning of my career someone threw me a bone mm-hmm. and i turned into you know, something or something else. Yeah. So it, it really I think a lot of people have to humble themselves mm-hmm. right now though.
0: Cause so I, when do you ask for money then?
1: Um, so so I'll give you an example. Someone asked me to speak on a on a panel mm-hmm. <laughs> and I spoke on a panel before about, you know, things, my career, whatever, advice. And I did it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but then someone asked me to speak on a panel where they were charging a lot per ticket. Mm. and i was like wait but you making money off whose name because i was mm. on a flyer and i was wow. like oh no boo boo you making the? it was like twenty dollars forty or sixty and it was like a reoccurring taped panel with all these different journalists and act whatever and i'm like she's making a lot of money off all wow. of us but she was asking everyone hey boo it's a it's a it's a great exposure. A lot of people will be on the Zoom. We're giving back to the youth and young girls. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, you're giving yourself money in your pocket and wow. you're putting Emerald Marie on the flyer. Not that, like, my name's, like, gold, but, you but know, it hold a little weight. You know, <laughs> some people was going to tune in for me, but, like, I was kind of like, that's crazy. So yeah. I respectfully was like, hey, um, yeah, you're going to have to pay me, like, you know, mm. a quick two, three for the hour because I know you—you you just sold a hundred tickets for forty dollars. You know what I mean? So I just think do your, re- you know, look at everything, mm-hmm. look at everything. And I—I I had stuff that I did, and I was like, dang, I should have. They had a budget, like you know, and I had to realize this is a business; it's
0: not yeah. favor for favor. Mm-hmm. So it really is dependent on the situation. Okay, so. I feel like all that worth, too, comes from branding yourself Mm -hmm. as well. So when did you start taking, like, branding yourself seriously? When did you start putting your profile? Because now your profile is, like, kind of cohesive a little bit. So it's kind of like, oh, so when did you start doing that? My little pattern, my little threes.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I feel like I was one of the first doing a little three. because oh, I've been doing that for a wait minute. Wait a
0: minute. So you coming for Beyonce?
1: <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. No, okay. No, she, got she got mom. it. She got it. My Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, it's funny because before even that viral moment, mm-hmm. I was treating my page like, okay, I, I would really, I would really look at just people that I admired and I wanted to not emulate them to the T, but I was just inspired by them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I knew that I really want to say what clicked and what made me start doing that. Not just with the whole three, right? Cause it's more than that. It's really, I really care about my content and what I put out. Mm-hmm. I really, it was, it was one particular carpet. It was um, NBC premiere season premiere for new shows. And uh, I interviewed, uh, I wish I remembered who I interviewed, but I remember I was interviewing someone on the carpet and we were going back and forth and she was like off camera. She was like, you, you have a, uh, I, I, so when I first started, I was very timid and shy and mm-hmm. like not confident enough when I can speak. And I think people can sense that. And I wish I remember who I was talking to, but she was really speaking life into me. And she was like, mm-hmm. you got this. Like you, you have a look, you have a sound. Like she was just like, there's something about you. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, people can hear someone say that. But I guess when it came from someone that I'm like, oh, wow, I'm like seeing you on a show. Yeah. It kind of hit different. And I remember... I went home that day and I I write things out a lot. And I remember making goals of like just things I wanted. And I was just like, you know what? Like I need to treat myself. I need to have more confidence and have more love in myself. Mm-hmm. And I still have to say with branding, I started to treat myself just like the celebrities I was speaking to. And mm-hmm. I had the same type of confidence and the same type of, you know, my name is Emerald Marie. It's different. It's um, unique. I used to not like my name when I was younger. Mm. So I really started to, I went through my journey of like confidence. Mm-hmm. And then I started to, I remember because I the way I used to post, it was like, I would almost like, I would do an interview and almost post and and, and put it in a way of like, on Saturday at ten, I'm dropping this interview. I would make the suspense. I would make it like, oh, like man. as if I seen these celebrities about to drop an album, mm-hmm. or I would make like the suspense of like I'm dropping this photo shoot. Like it was a bigger, it was a big deal to me because I poured in my heart into it. Yeah. But I remember some of my friends, kind of, or not friends. People kind of not clown me, but were like making it seem like I thought I was a bigger deal than what I was. Mm. But it's like when you unequivocally believe in yourself, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you really have to treat yourself like you know. Beyonce and all of these celebrities had the same twenty four hours you do,
0: exactly.
1: And they had either someone that believed in them or they believed in themselves. Mm-hmm. And so with branding, I just really um, was inspired by so many different people, and mm-hmm. I started to make my page just high image, high quality images, high you know content, and
0: mm-hmm. and yeah, that's,
1: I guess that's how I started branding myself. Yeah, because <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm
0: like wow. So, but um, did you? So you told everything yourself. Did you ask anybody else for advice? Did you hire somebody else just yeah. to overlook your, yes. your profile? So
1: mm-hmm. do you mean with branding or just with, with media? And media in general. Yeah. So I, I, I'm I glad you asked that because I don't want to make it seem like I just was out here like, just did it <laughs> all. Everything. No. So um when I, I told you the story earlier about the interviews I did on um, at fashion week. Mm hmm. So I remember I was online. I had all these interviews. I'm just like, okay, now what? Like, how do I get, like, I'm trying to give myself, I'm trying to practice, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I reached out. I was online, and I reached out to a reporter named Lindsay Christian. Mm-hmm. And she was on um, a channel in New Jersey, and I DM'd her. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hi, Lindsay, you know, just to see another black woman like you on here and you just inspired me? I was watching everything she did, and I was really just inspired by her mm-hmm. and I asked her, did she have any internships at the outlet she worked for mm-hmm. and I explained to her i had just finished being a collegiate athlete, and a lot of people don't realize that being a collegiate athlete doesn't really prepare you sometimes with career because up until the day you graduate, you don't have time for internships, yeah, and yeah. I was so deep in my my major that I wanted to switch to journalism, but again, I didn't really have the confidence I didn't mm-hmm. think I could do well in front of the camera mm. um so anyway i told her and she said no they didn't and i was really relentless i kept hitting her up and she probably got tired of me but she <laughs> um i said can i just shout at you at work i won't even speak i'll just shout at you mm, <laughs> and she was wow. like let me ask my boss and this is so <laughs> crazy now that i repeat it out loud and then i i took the train after bartending and i went to the city i went to new jersey mm-hmm. and i for one week um went to her office and I watched her do her her news clips and I was wow. like a little kid writing everything down mm-hmm. and she I showed her my clips for from the um fashion week. the fashion week mm-hmm. and she critiqued them harshly mm-hmm. <laughs> and was like don't hold your mic on the left-hand side. You got to hold it this way to open up your body so they're here. I know it feels awkward, but do this. And she critiqued everything and look at the camera. And why are you wearing that? It's distracting. And don't Mm. wear that and don't do this. And I was like, dang, did I do anything right? (laughs) And then she was like, you know, she just gave me all these critiques. And then um, at the end of the week, she had a carpet that she couldn't attend Mm. and she sent me on her behalf. Wow, That was my first, yeah. And she called me and was like, tomorrow, it was like real quick, like, Tomorrow, there's an interview, and it's um, Remy Ma and Papoose and blah, blah, blah. But you can do it. Bye. And I was like, hey, do you have a cameraman or a microphone? She was like, figure it out. Click. And I was like, wow. okay. And I figured it out. Mm-hmm. But so Lindsay Christian, um, definitely Tony Anderson from BET. He's just a huge still role model. Um, I would say those were the two. Keisha K. from Hollywood Unlocked. I, along the way, I just met so many people that helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I at one point, I did have an intern, Shamik that helped me with my page. Um, that was more recent, though. But, yeah, between the other, um, between Lindsay, Tony, Keisha Kay, those were, I would say, three people that were very instrumental in the beginning. Mm,
0: okay. So, my last question mm. is, when you were in a low place, what got you out of it to make you continue doing what you're doing?
1: Ooh. Um. I would definitely say, my faith in God mm. hands down because two nights before the Holly Bear interview, I actually really thought about like quitting doing interviews, mm. and I remember it was two nights before, and I just started i woke i don't I don't know why I was just crying so hard. I was like, mm. Why am I doing this? I'm going to all these carpets, like I'm not barely getting paid, no one's seeing my interview like I was just so like, what am I doing? I was crying." And um I remember I hopped on live, my sister sent me a live, and this woman, JC K. Brand, was on live praying for people. And mm-hmm. then she was like, she was like, um, if you just joined the live, write a heart. And I wrote a heart. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, Emerald Marie. And at this point, like she didn't know what I did or who I was at all. Yeah. And she was like, Emerald Marie. And she was just like, God saying, um, don't, don't stop. Mm. and she said god is going to amplify your voice and i wrote it down she said write this down wrote it down two days later he literally amplified my voice that's crazy <laughs> went viral for speaking up right and so there's times i've definitely felt really low and i was just confused because there's no blueprint for this right like yeah. i didn't know i also didn't go to school for it no one told me like this journey like mm. get an internship whatever i just kind of I hustled through it and um, I was seeking people to teach me. I was really eager, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I was just saying my faith in God and just trying to love myself and having a tribe of, I'm really blessed with a support system, Mm -hmm. not just family, but friends that like really believe in me. Like at times that I'm like, you know, girl, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my best friend, Tony. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, car. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And she's just like, okay, well, you've done this so far. You can do this. So having a tribe that loves you and it's mm-hmm. like, un, you know, it's just that and faith in God has really Is needed.
0: has got me through. Look at the confirmation, though. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But well, thank you. i we'll plug everything.
1: Okay, so my name is Emerald Marie. <laughs> Emerald Marie on everything. That's TikTok. That's Instagram. Um, I have a skincare brand, Raw Beauty Cosmetics. Definitely check us out on Instagram. Um, and yeah, just you know, continue to follow my journey, and I will show some love to you too. <laughs>
0: well, thank you for coming.
1: Of course, I appreciate I'm it. I'm so, so proud much. of you too. I oh, know that. Thanks. Let's plug you real quick. I know podcasts <laughs> are exhausting hard, and yeah. they're hard and right now everyone's mm-hmm. like do a podcast do this and people don't realize how tedious it is in the editing and i'm
0: so proud yeah. of you and thank just you so keep much. going okay it. thank you of course well, on that note well thank you and i appreciate <laughs> you fam and remember be honest so.